Who's facing a make-or-break sporting year or a make-or-break sporting deal? Now, obviously, the biggest deal that is on the table at the moment, or is it? It seems to be floating around and, and not landing on any particular table. And now we're getting the NRL side of this is the NRL versus the Rugby League Players Association and the collective bargaining agreement. So here we go again. It went quiet a little bit over the last sort of back end of last week. The RLPA and the uh, players themselves have been fairly vocal and taking quite a stance on social media. And I said uh, time and time again, especially over the last couple of weeks, that the NRL has been silent on this. They haven't really said anything because they haven't had to. Well, now CEO Andrew Abdo has had his say. So how close are we to finally seeing a deal being done? How close are we to make or break time in this one? And are we closer to the possibility of further player action? Are we closer to the possibility of a strike? you got to say that the more the clock ticks on this, the more we're getting towards that possibility. I still don't think it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. But surely as the clock ticks down, you've got to get closer and closer to the chance that it may be on the table. Or is the divide between headquarters and players and the Players Association even bigger than ever now that the NRL CEO has had his say. So an interview with Michael Chamis in the Sydney Morning Herald and nine newspapers this morning. A couple of quotes out of it from Andrew Abdo. We're the custodians for the game, he said. We can't send the game bankrupt. I need to be able to work with a counterparty that's willing to prioritise and compromise. So first up there, we can't send the game bankrupt, saying that We can't be in a position from the NRL, no matter what numbers you're looking at, to just hand over a whole stack of money to another party. In this case, it's the party that makes the game happen, the the players' party. But the NRL is charged with running, administering, and obviously fostering the game and keeping it afloat. So they're saying we can't be in a position to send the game bankrupt. And then says, I need to be able to work with a counterparty that's willing to prioritise and compromise. Now, the suggestion there is that the counterparty, in this instance, the RLPA, aren't willing to do that. He said, the RLPA is seeking full autonomy on a significant amount of player funds, and that's not good governance. Back to my first point about why he said we can't send the game bankrupt. Andrew Abdo says, we had our 2023 NRLW draw ready to go but the RLPA asked us not to release it. So we've been asking for weeks and weeks and weeks, where's the draw? Where's the NRLW's future in all of this? Well, according to Andrew Abdo, it was ready to go, but the Players Association said don't release it. And he said, how could we not be aiming to grow the number of NRLW teams in the next five years? The RLPA have proposed staying at 10 teams only and we're the ones, he said, pushing for growth to 12 teams when the time's right. And then on the possibility of strikes, we'll do everything we can to avoid that. So what's the what are the key takeaways out of that, in your opinion? Let me know now that you've got more information out of the NRL side of this debate. Let me know what your takeaway is and where you think it's at in terms of make or break. Because we're getting closer. 0457 736 736. The general take from me is that the NRL wants to keep hold of as much of the governance of the game 
and under that or on top of that, the finances of the game as much as they can. And I think probably the most damning part on the other side is that Andrew Abdo is saying we need to be able to work with a party that's willing to prioritise and compromise. So that's a bit of a shot across the bow. Rugby League Players Association CEO Clint Newton reporting uh, in the report this morning. Well, the report says the association has not been granted one in-person meeting with the NRL throughout these negotiations. And I looked at that and said, hang on a second. These have been going on for ages. Surely there's been person-to-person negotiations in this. So I got hold of Clint Newton this morning via text and I asked him to clarify that for me. And he also said that he wanted that clarified in the story. He says, we haven't genuinely traded off and bargained each and every claim. There's a difference between meeting, discussing, understanding the claims of the other party, or in our case, largely educating the NRL and bargaining with intent and purpose. So I think we can safely say that there have been in-person meetings in whichever fashion you want to suggest that those in-person meetings have been taking place. However, it appears as though the nitty-gritty of this has not been traded off and bargained, according to Clint, at each and every claim. So they haven't gone back and forth on detail. I mean, where is this at? Clint says the expectation from his board and the players, those above him and those he represents, is to get in a room, work through it line by line, whether positions are agreed or not, and ask the question why. This is negotiation 101, isn't it? And Clint's also uh, quoted this morning saying, why shouldn't the players have certain terms and conditions that would be considered in line with other codes or industry-approved best practice? Which is a fair question. And that's one of the questions that the players have been constantly putting out there in social media. So you know where we're at, folks? We're still in a holding pattern. You know when you're on a flight, you're coming on in, and they say, hey, we're just going to have to be in a holding pattern for a second. Ground control have just said, hold up a bit. And you go round and round and round. <laughs> this appears to be where it's at publicly anyway. So if it takes an in-person negotiation meeting, can we not just get to that? If it takes, you give us this, we'll give you that. Can we not get there? I mean, this is a very, very complex deal. But time's ticking. Time is ticking away. Now, the season launch, in my opinion, can come and go, right? If the players don't turn up to the season launch, just call the thing off. I don't think it's really going to matter whether or not there's a big season launch and everyone's paraded in front of the cameras and they go off and try and promote the start of the premiership proper. Everyone knows when the season's going to start. You can do that stuff online. Probably a 30-second, very slick ad's going to do a whole lot more than having a whole heap of players turn up for a season launch. So take away the season launch. But the season proper and the pre-season competition that's now in front of us, what happens if that starts to get the time, uh, the clock ticking on that, and there's no deal done. That's the situation that we're at. If I'm looking at a clock that's ticking, I'm looking at the season start, not the season launch. It is make or break time. So tell me, folks, this morning, now you've heard a bit more from both sides. I don't think we've heard all from both sides. 
and we're sitting on the outer of this. We're not at the table, but how do you think this ends? And how do you want it to end? Your fans of the game, your investors in the game, how do you want this to be wrapped up?